Hey everyone, welcome to the Dishes and Dimes podcast. I'm hosting today, Yasmin, and I'm joined by Noor and Sidra, and we are finally and reluctantly going to cover our brackets prediction um, for all of the rounds, including the most likely finals matchups and any comments we have regarding the eight reseeding games that we're going to see players go right into after a very mini preseason once they touch down in Florida. So, hey guys. <laughs> hello, hello. We're back. <laughs> Hi, ladies. I love how this is like a, usually I'm very excited to go over um, playoff predictions and stuff, but like, I feel like no one really wants to discuss it this time. <laughs> it's just like, honestly, Asmin, you're so right. It's like a sense of guilt I'm like feeling that I'm like talking about playoffs right now, but like, I don't know. It's just like, I'm not being ethical right now talking about playoffs, but here we are. <laughs> That's the word. Yeah. It feels like an unethical playoff. Yeah. I'll be the title for this episode. Like, and it, here, also, yeah. <laughs> and it also just feels like a sad day knowing the Raptors are on the plane right now heading to Florida. Even the weather outside Florida. is like gray and dark and cloudy because yeah. we know that we're sending our boys into the Chamber of Secrets to just get <laughs> mauled by the coronavirus. Yeah, of course it has to be literally the worst hit place in the Western world. Honestly. <laughs> literally. Florida, out of all places, that has, like, a record high every single day. They're like, oh, we re- hit a record yesterday? Let's beat it today. And, of course, <laughs> they do. It is terrifying. And here we are sending them there. So, What was I, it, like 5,000 in one day? Something close to that, yeah. I wrote about it, like, a week ago, and they were only at 1,200. Now they're hitting over, well over 4,000, approaching 5,000 daily. Um, and it's just going to keep going up exponentially because yeah. I'm not really seeing any you know, medical legislative measures to slow it down or anything. Like everything's still no. open there. Masks are still not necessary. So and, I don't know, even the bu- think they ever like closed. Did they ever close? I, I feel like they did briefly for like a week or something. But then they realized their economy was taking a hit and they quickly. Yeah. Please the governor did not care. Yeah. It was it was, it was their beaches that were packed from the very beginning too, right? Like they had stuff closed, but I think their beaches were still open, so people were still going out and about. And then they like yeah, said they had it closed for like a week and then they just opened it and now the waves hitting and you can see the numbers multiply each day. So scary. So scary. Mm-hmm. And here Adam Silver is like in his ivory tower with his family watching while he's putting twiddling all of his these... thumbs. Yeah. All of these and men in, into the Florida, Florida. It's, it's ownership that's yeah. um, that's true. You know, yeah, most affected by any financial hit the mm-hmm. league takes, and now we're like we were seeing threats of like ripping up the CBA and having to negotiate a whole other um, agreement between players and ownership, which could cause like another like longer delay for the NBA. They're definitely not going to ride up a new one in the middle of a pandemic, so. It's a terrible situation all the way around. So, so let's get into these playoff brackets. <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about it, how unethical we feel, but let's go. I mean, we'll watch. If they're going to play, we'll, we'll watch. Absolutely. Like, I, I have no guilt about watching because, like, if, yeah. if it gets to that point, it's on. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The trash like, talk, everything's on. But I like players like have the option and they've they've chosen and they thought about it and they want to do it like of course that here i am going to support them and that's me rationalizing me watching as a fan yeah, do you guys think too. a lot of players would choose to sit out or like how many do you think would 
like I think today we already heard that Davis Bertons from the yeah. um, Wizard sitting out, and like that's no small like you know end of bench guy. That that's a guy who's up for a huge contract. He's an mm-hmm. amazing shooter. He um has a real chance to enter the playoffs, but they they just they just don't want to take that risk. So it'll be interesting to see if we see like a domino effect of other players who are up for contract or heading into contract years take the same steps and like sit out because they don't want to risk future money. It's like a, it's a huge um, decision to make. Like, right. Exactly. Completely understand. Like that's my thing. Like I will, I will not at all judge any player that decides to sit out. And I also acknowledge that um, the decision to sit out is like a really hard one. Like there's so much yeah. from fans, from your teammates, the people that you play around for possibly years. Like it's crazy. A yeah. lot of stigma, I guess around sitting out. I can't imagine if like somebody big sat out the messages and like the the social media like comments they would get from people who call themselves fans. Like I can't imagine that the mental toll it would take if they did sit out and the way that people would talk about them and talk to them. So like or even look at like... the reporters now, like Ryan Hollins saying that, oh, if you were looking we're seeing who the real hoopers are now. Like how can you, as a reporter, sit there, or an ex-basketball player, sit there and decide that this is when you get to see who's a real basketball player and who's not? The fact that this is what he's seeing right now and no player has had to make the decision to sit or not sit, imagine what would happen once the players are like, okay, I'm sitting. What's the yeah. what's the flashback going to be? Absolutely. And it's just... And, uh, and like, there's clearly, like, an agenda when you see um, talking heads right now. Like, they clearly want the NBA to come back. Act. Oh, they yeah. don't want a single player to sit out because it's their bottom line too and it affects the corporations that they work for so I'm not really surprised about the narrative but I also think it's important to voice your disagreement about this like as like fans or people who cover basketball in general like I think it's really important to be vocal about how much you don't think this is a good, a good idea because if players subsequently get hurt or injured or sick like there should be evidence that there were people saying that this kind of thing was going to happen. So, Exactly. Yeah. And that holds the NBA accountable. Exactly. And yeah. that's what they need. They were warned. Absolutely. And, and it, hopefully it, 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 you know, it sticks to them in the future, too, because as for now, we don't know what the, the long-term effects of the virus are. Let's say the players get sick and remember now they're good, but later on they start having issues that we never knew what could happen from the virus. What would the league do then? How can they take accountability for what for what the decisions that they chose? It's a lot, and I don't know. Just knowing that the Raptors are heading there right now, that sucks. I know. I was reading this like article about an ICU uh, nurse. I think Sarah actually sent it to the group um, where she was talking about how recovered patients, like their blood, had turned into like slush. And they were getting so many more strokes and heart attacks after they had recovered. And it's like, this is a, their bodies are their careers in the NBA. Their bodies are their Mm -hmm. lives. Their bodies are their families' livelihoods. For a lot of them, it's like generational wealth. And to put that at risk is just, I don't know. I just, it's unethical. And I have this like lump in my throat (laughs) that we're okay. Yeah. But it's back. There are so many. long-term potentially chronic repercussions that like mm-hmm. we don't even know about yet like yeah. i feel like they're discovering new things about this on a daily, daily. Day. exactly yeah. but, but yeah I so see it back yeah <laughs> it's happening yeah there's a podcast about it um, <laughs> and you guys are probably listening 
you guys are probably listening because you're interested about um, potential brackets and like the matchups that are going to happen. And so are we, honestly. Um, so I think we should start off with the um, first round. Um, we do know that the reseeding games, the eight games that will follow up soon, um, will be affecting the one through eight rankings uh, within both conferences because um, there are some teams that only have like a couple games uh, difference um, between the seed above them or below them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how teams are reseeded prior to the playoffs after those eight games. For example, the Jazz, the Thunder, Denver, and Houston are kind of clustered. Even um, the Clippers are like really clustered in the middle of the pack there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for the uh, Eastern Conference, the Raptors and the Celtics are really close. They're only a few games separated, Miami as well as exactly. So uh, with in- Indiana, I believe Sabonis and Oladipo are not even playing for the remainder of the season, which is interesting. For the Raptors, from what we know, everyone is playing. Um, they haven't announced otherwise. I feel like they would have in their statement earlier today. Yeah. The whole team is heading for them. They would have specified, but it seems that the whole team is playing. I do wonder um, why they we... chose the language for select players, though. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess some players are already in the States, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Oh, too. that's true. That's I didn't think of that. Yeah, and they already have their workout facilities. I guess this was for um, shipping the players who are in Toronto right now, uh, to Florida. I don't think outside the box. I didn't even think about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I only know because someone specified that, like, not all the Raptors are in Toronto right now, and all of them are in the U.S. are kind of scattered throughout uh, Toronto and their home. The ones even who are Mark. in Toronto need to land in Florida in order to quarantine because they have to by law. And then the ones that are in the U.S. don't really have to do that, so I guess they can meet up yeah. once quarantine is over for those players. That's my assumption. I also want to so, know where, where Mark is. Like, is he in Spain? Like, yeah. is he, did they send the team plane? Did he come on commercial? Like, did he fly for his class? Like, where is Mark? And how is he getting to Florida? Is he and going? Is like, he? Yeah. yeah. And also, like, to... how did he lose that much weight you? and that much muscle? Yeah, he looks great. He looks he great. Like that. That's he a good-looking team. Yeah. It is. Good That's looking, a handsome good team. Defensive <laughs> team. A handsome um, team. <laughs> so let's. Which conference do you guys want to go over first? Should we do the East or West? Let's do East, our okay. boys first. East, let's do what we know, and then we can run through the West real quick. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, so we're going to cover um, our um, like a playoff predictions according to uh, the brackets that were posted once the league was uh, canceled or was um, paused, um, and we're just going to assume that they're going to look similar to what they do on this chart. So um, we completely acknowledge that some teams might find themselves in a different bracket, but we'll go over that as, as we go through um, the matchups. So the first matchup on this list is Milwaukee and Orlando, a 1-8 matchup. Uh, Milwaukee is dominating right now, the number one record in the entirety of the league. And it's pretty safe to say that they come out of that series in four. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Isaac the best defender on the Magic, is injured, I believe. Like, I'm pretty sure he... Oh, yeah, I didn't even remember that. That's a good point. Yeah, which was horrible because he was having a great defensive season and he was showing growth, but... Also, um, isn't Milwaukee, like, the best defensive team right now, too? 
Yeah. Um, so so there's literally no competition whatsoever against the Magic. Yeah. So Training it sucks camp. that Jonathan Isaac out because I feel like if they were to steal a game from Milwaukee, which, you know, it's completely possible in a seven-game series of basketball, especially yeah. one as, you know, strange as, one, as you know, being in a bubble in Florida. I mean, so, they did that to yeah. us like, last year. Exactly. So I feel like Isaac being out for that series completely erases any chance of that happening. He's, yeah. he's a great defending Giannis. So um, I think it's pretty safe to assume that the Bucks take care of that as a sweep. Um, what do you guys think? Same thing? Absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned it all. I think it's okay. going to be literally a walk in the park for, for Milwaukee for sure. If anything, it would be like they lose the one game like we did last year, but it's not gonna it doesn't mean anything curse they don't have the same yeah yeah, that's true too anymore i'm gonna call it a tradition losing (laughs) we're just trying to surprise you we're trying to keep things spicy it's part of the culture now (laughs) yeah we're trying to make basketball more entertaining for everyone yeah nothing like a loss and the dread that follows when you're like feeling sick for three days (laughs) oh my gosh and everybody's saying, like, oh, here it goes again. Here you guys go. Here the Raptors go again, losing. And it's like... I'm going to need Larry games. to give us points again, too. Oh, for to really, For real. Just to really give us the uh, experience. <laughs> <clears throat> so the next matchup is, um, on the list at least, is the 4-5 matchup between Miami and Indiana. So I think it was yesterday that we saw a word that Oladipo may not play, and neither would... DeMontis Sabonis. So I feel like with those two players, it would have been an interesting matchup. I could see it going to maybe six games, but I always thought that Miami could pretty handedly beat the Pacers in that series. What about you guys? I think the same. There's something about Jimmy Butler that is just terrifying. Of course, in, in a good way, if he's on your team, like you, you can never count him out. So I just, especially now with Indiana's injuries, I just, I think it might be like a, it might go to like five games, six games if they're lucky, but probably five. And Miami comes out of it. Yeah, I would do the same thing. I think um, if, like you said, if they had Victor Oladipo, it might have they might have more of a chance, more of a fight than I could see maybe going to six. But I, either way, I would still take Miami. But if because they uh-huh. don't have their stars, they don't have the guys that they rely on. I, it might even be a Miami sweep, or it might be it like might. just that. Yeah, or it might Without- be just that one fluke. Oh game that they lose but without um indiana having their two all-star caliber players it it, i could see miami probably sweeping or something yeah exactly i I can just see these guys like jimmy butler coming back absolutely like the hulk and just being like get out of my way and sweeping them even the pacers like mentality going into that matchup knowing that they have two all-stars like players out like for me as a team like that would be defeating knowing that you're just about to go against miami and you probably don't have a good chance. So even they're like the mentality going into it is probably just, well, I mean, we're just here for a few days and then we're out again. They probably know they're about to lose. So I'm actually surprised that their, their records are so close. Like it says here uh, when the season was canceled, uh, Miami had 41 to 24 losses and Indiana was at 39 to 26. Yeah. It's really impressive that they were so close. The same like, thing. Indiana was having a great season. Just by two games. Yeah, that's nuts. I didn't think it was that close. No, it's almost similar to Raptors and Celtics, right? Like, it's e- either one of them could call oh, it yeah. right now. Milwaukee's number one. And then you, you can pretty much see who can get it between Indiana and Miami and Boston and Toronto. Yeah. 
No clue. Um, so going to the next um, cluster of teams here, we see Boston versus Philly. Philly had the same record as Indiana. They were tied for the six <laughs> yeah. percent spot, basically, which is insane. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, like Philly had a pretty disappointing season, ready regular uh, record wise. They, I think they were, they were almost at, they were over ninety percent their um, losing rate on the road. Damn. Like they were not winning yeah, on the they road were really at bad all. On the road. We really <laughs> shut them down, huh? just damaged them we just damaged their morale their spirits everything <laughs> after those playoffs they're like all right we're done playing basketball forever and benny boy's not back for the playoffs either right i saw brett brown's statement and it sounds like they're gonna try and get him ready for it and i'm like <gasps> is he okay like he's had several months oh. off yeah i don't know i really do hope he plays though i i hope they're at full strength i want that's a matchup that i yeah, think will exactly. be between, but I hope uh, that if he's not if he's not a hundred percent, they they let him rest because back exactly. injuries are are terrible. Yeah, he's too young to have like a reoccurring problem like that. Exactly, and for a team like Philly, like they could they could be in it next year too. He's oh, absolutely. But yeah, that's a super interesting matchup. Because yeah, it really is. We have basically um, a team with no like traditional brand name um center for the Celtics and that was always considered like an Achilles heel for them and then you have a team that has the center with Joel Embiid mm-hmm. um so it's a really interesting matchup to see how they how uh the Celtics deal with that because I, I can't really say who comes out of that series to be honest um yeah same here I feel the same I can way see either way I can, I can see either team dominating I can see the Sixers exploiting Kemba's defensive weaknesses I can see Embiid just kind of tearing them up because they don't really have someone that can go toe to toe with him because they've they've lost Al Horford to the Sixers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I really can't say who comes out of that series. And what's interesting is that the Raptors are three games in the win column ahead of the Celtics. Oh. So with these eight receding games, we could see the Raptors facing Philly in that bracket um, and just kind of swapping places with the Celtics. And I can't really say who comes out of that series either. Like, I want to say the Raptors because I feel like they know the Sixers kind of front and back. Um, and they oh, have, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Joel's kryptonite in Mark um, Gasol. So, yeah, I was just going to say a Celtics-Sixers matchup or a Raptors-Sixers matchup will re- be really good basketball spot. I agree. And if you honestly, if you look at Boston's, I know that Philly had a horrible regular season, but they're only four games away from Boston. So, I mean, how good, I, I don't know. I feel like Philly has the potential to come out of it. It might even go to like seven games. I can also see both of them in the, in a playoff, like in a series of six for seven, maybe blowing out each other in, in two games. Like I can see Boston having a blowout game, Philly yeah. having a blowout game. I can see a couple close games, like right down to the clock too. But I think the biggest thing would be who neutralizes Embiid and whether Ben yeah. plays or not. Yeah, oh, and if yeah. it's the Raptors play, playing Philly, I feel like they understand Joel enough we got to Mark, understand. Okay? Yeah, we, they I'm know how to shut him down. Philly. We got Mark. We got Hercules on our side. I'm yeah. not, I'm <laughs> not shut him down. bothered in the slightest. I think for me, I'd be more worried after Milwaukee from Boston. I feel like they could give us a run for our money because Philly, yeah, they're tall. They have the strength, but Boston's fast and Boston's agile. And Brad Stevens not bad. He's okay. Yeah. 
Because you gotta um, give him. So we'll talk about that for the second round of matchups. We'll go over the potential for that. So our prediction for the Celtic Sixers matchup is basically like a Raptor Sixers matchup from last year, where it's like seven games and they're exchanging blocks. Yeah, literally. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. And four bounces towards the end. Oh my mm. god! Don't trigger me like that on a but Monday. If it's not us, that's fine. <laughs> I'd love to watch it. Some other team go at it. That's okay. Oh, yeah. That's very entertaining. So the next uh, matchup, the final one for the Eastern Conference first round is Raptors and Brooklyn. Uh, and that's, so I, I remember uh, when the season was initially paused, Raptors fans were kind of worried, including myself, that um, Kyrie Irving would be healing from his shoulder uh, surgery and that Kevin Durant would elect to come back for that series. Um, which made no sense now that I'm thinking about it. Why would Kevin Durant come from an Achilles injury in such a weird playoff run? Like, that wouldn't be... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it would also be a very KD thing to do. I thought he said, like, in the beginning of the season that, like, oh, we've already discussed it. Like, I know I'm not coming back for the whole year. He said it a couple months after the season was paused. So it was it was, it was pretty recent. I want to say it was, like, a couple months ago that he said that he's definitely not coming back. So that's when people will kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember that too. Katie's out. I'm not really worried about Brooklyn. I feel like it's gonna be a sweep. I feel like we gotta we gotta sweep them for Spencer. I can't stand yeah. Spencer's poll on Twitter. God. You gotta sweep them, Toronto. No matter what happens in this playoffs, just do what you have. Like you can. I wouldn't want them to leave after this the first just after the second round. Sorry, but as long as we beat Brooklyn and shut up Spencer, that's all that matters. Yeah, if it's the first sweep in franchise history, that would be really awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gonna lose game one again to Brooklyn. If we lose game one to Brooklyn <laughs> without KD or Kyrie, like I will, I will cry. I will, cry. I will be so upset. I'd assume that it was by purpose. At this I would, point. I like, would something's my, up. My my Twitter picture to Spencer's for a week. You guys hear heard it here first. Here first. If we lose, you heard it here first. Nor has to change her profile picture to Spencer. Picture and I dedicate a tweet to Spencer every day. For a week. Oh, you change. You also change your at name to uh, Dinwiddie season. <laughs> I know my acid reflex is acting up right now. I thought no, it was no, no, actually world. <laughs> no, I love it. Let's do it. That's that's how confident I am. Okay, so let's move on to the Western Conference. This is pretty interesting because with the Western Western Conference. I'm not going to say that they're exponentially better than the Eastern Conference this year. I feel like the Eastern Conference has. More yeah. high end, like tier one competitive teams yeah, on the season, or like the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Heat. Like, there are a bunch of heavy hitters that can easily make the Eastern Conference finals from the other side. But this mm-hmm. side, their, their middle, like tier two cluster is really dense. Like, there are a lot of teams that you honestly can't judge because they're basically on the same level. Like, it's very interesting. They're so, um, yeah. so together, like Utah, like, OKC. Mavericks, Houston, even the Clippers. The Clippers yeah, are just yeah, like one game away from knows. the Nuggets. Their one and eight matchup will be the Lakers and the Grizzlies. So I will say, obviously, the Lakers are, I feel like, are going to win that series. The Grizzlies are very young. They're led by a rookie. But I will say, I feel like John Morant is like kind of at the forefront for rookie of the year. I feel like he'll have a couple statement games in that series. It would be kind of like a legacy-defining thing like where he's kind of going at it with LeBron James. I feel like that'll still make for really good viewing. 
Oh, absolutely. I think the the ratings for the, that matchup are going to be extremely high because everybody wants to watch watch him and see what he does in front of arguably one of the best players of all time. It would be yeah. good for him, too. Great practice for him. Great way yeah. to test his abilities and everything. And, yeah, he'll have a really good highlight reel. I can see that. Oh, yeah. So their record is 32-33. So that, that, those final eight games are really going to make or break Memphis. They can easily not end up being in the playoffs anymore. Yeah, because, so true. Like, there are several teams in that conference competing for that eighth seed. Like, there's Portland, there's the Pelicans, there are the Spurs. Like, they're all, they all have a shot um, at that eighth seed. So I really hope either Memphis or the Pelicans end up on that because we really want to see um, the Zion or job. Exactly. Like yeah. that's that's really the, all I want to see. I don't want to see Damian Lillard with his you know broken team. Um, <laughs> Excuse going me, on. you guys want to see Demar in the playoffs? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me, guys. Do you know who you're talking to right now? <laughs> the Spurs make me fab this season. I love Demar. And I love them, but I I just want to watch Demar in the playoffs. Is this Again, like, would this be the first playoffs that Pop won't make it? Then, pardon? Yeah, would this be the first playoffs? Oh, was it last year? Yeah, it's two years. I don't think they made the playoffs last year, the Spurs. They did. They faced, I think it was Denver or Portland first. I forgot what team they faced first, but they were oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, they were They were in there. Um, I think it was, it was Denver. the first year. I think it was oh, a two-seven matchup or something like that. It's okay. DeMar can spend time with his adorable daughters and have a great... I'd rather than be safe anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Pop can stay home. Demar can stay home. <laughs> we need to protect Pop. Okay, exactly. He needs to stay home. He, there's no bubble in the NBA. Can if he Pop goes, he has to. He has to be in a hamster bubble. Yeah, or he has to zoom into practices. <laughs> exactly. Just put him in a hazmat suit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or one of those robot iPad video things that just you just have yeah. a robot yelling on the court, like Pop the Bubble Boy. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> we need to keep it safe. Anyway, sorry, I got to- off topic because we talked about Damar and you know how that goes. <laughs> okay, okay. So the next matchup in that conference, a 4-5 matchup, they're really close. They're only one game, re- game removed from each other. So that could easily change with the reseeding games is Utah and OKC. There are a lot of great matchups this playoff. I feel like yeah. I'm going to be watching a lot of basketball um, this time around because before there are some seasons that you're not even going to bother watching. You might watch highlights at the end of the night, but yeah. this I love watching OKC play. I love watching Chris Paul play. I love watching um, Shea Gilgis Alexander play. I want to see Mike Connolly have like a redemption series because he's been pretty terrible this series. Like really disappointed. Uh, hasn't really adjusted to being traded very yeah. well. And like I'm kind of shocked by how much he struggled in Utah system and working with Donovan and Rudy. He hasn't found that spark with Rudy that he had with Marcus all those years. That was supposed yeah. to be a really good trade, too. It's supposed to work out for Conley in Utah, but it's done uh, it doesn't been that way. Yeah, we were really excited for him. You know um, what I think is really interesting about the Utah Jazz and OKC series is I don't know if the team can, like, Rick, I don't know how the, dynamic, the team right? is. Yeah, the dynamic. After what happened with Rudy Gobert, like, how are you adjusting? How Do they even talk anymore? Are yeah. they going to be in a practice together? I know they're professionals, and when they get on the court, they're going to take it seriously, but oh yeah, I'm sure the morale is different. 
And how he's having trouble with the uh, with the fans and stuff too for the Black Lives Matter movement. Like nothing seems to be working for Donovan, or nothing seems to be clicking for the team. So I wonder how that would translate on the court. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, we're, we might be in for a disaster because yeah, you know, I, I feel I feel for Donovan. Like after, for not only does he go through that whole like traumatic coronavirus thing, but mm-hmm. he honestly seems to be just at odds with his Utah fan base. Like. You know, they, yeah, like they, calling them out on Twitter. That's you know, you've reached a, a breaking point at that point. What a hard yeah. place to be in as a, a an NBA player, like you, yeah. and as a, as a black NBA player, which yeah. the majority of them are. Like you are seeing this a huge movement and a huge call for the protection that hasn't been protection that hasn't been given to the black community, and you're speaking up about like basic human rights about them not dying or getting hurt and the fans have a problem with it. And the fans that cheer you on in games have a huge problem with you voicing something about your own community and like the, the terrible issues that are going on in your own community. I just don't know. I just feel so bad for him. Yeah. So hopefully it doesn't, you know, spill out onto the court in a really ugly way. (laughs) Like hopefully they get through the series and, you know, yeah. play yeah. competitively for their own sanity, but, um, but yeah, given like the must-watch series, yeah. exactly, and given the dys- dysfunctions and everything, I feel like keeping that in mind, I, I might give the edge to OKC. Also, given yeah. they have Chris Paul, and I freaking yeah. love Chris, Chris Paul. Yeah, definitely, I, I agree with. I uh, feel like OKC. I'm I'm there too. Like, oh, okay, okay, it's gonna be a close game, but uh, or a close series, but OKC is probably gonna come out of it only because I I don't know the team morale and. If they're yeah. even talking to each other, honestly. And I kind of want Chris Ball to make it. I feel like how many more years does he have to be yeah. in the playoffs, right? Like, I want him to have a legitimate shot. The poor That's guy. So, moving to the next one is the 3-6 matchup between um, the Denver Nuggets and the Houston Rockets. So, this is also another must-watch series. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna That's going like, to be a good again. one in my living room watching hours and hours of basketball <laughs> because this is all really good. So basically, the Houston Rockets, as we all know, they went small. They completely eliminated the need for a center. Yeah. And they're going against a team with arguably the best center in the NBA. So mm-hmm. it'll be so interesting to see if their formula works. And they're like three games apart, so yeah, it could really change. Close. This seems to be the matchup that we're going to see the three, six matchup. So I have Denver. Honestly, I don't like betting against James Harden because I think that he's amazing. Um, I do think that he's had some flame outs in the playoffs, but I don't see them having anyone that can go toe to toe. And like, who are they going to put on James Harden? Like Gary Harris, Jamal yeah. Murray, like he's going to cook them. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see like a really dominant series from Nikola Jokic but honestly they might exploit that he's not really the best on defense he's offensively he's excellent he's like Mark Gasol on steroids when it comes to offense but when it comes to defense he is like a little you know, slow he's, good. he's mm-hmm. slow he's kind of yeah. absent-minded it's not really his game so I feel like we're gonna see two styles of basketball you know really clash right there but I honestly don't know who comes out of it I'm, I'm gonna say James Harden and the Houston Rockets because I really liked the way I feel like the last month of the season, Russell Westbrook was really playing amazing. They kind of made him their de facto center in the offense. Like he just mm-hmm. kind of plays mini Giannis. Um, yeah. 
So it's going to be really cool to see him in that in that uh, element. But I think I'm going to choose the Rockets to come out of that series. What about you guys? I think I'm choosing the Rockets only because you did point out, like, I don't know if we can ever ever doubt James Harden in that sense. So I feel like I'm going, I feel like it probably will go up to at least six games though. I feel like it'll be yeah. close, but yeah. yeah, I feel like, I feel like it would be a long series and I feel like it would, it would depend on who has a better offensive game. But beyond yeah. that, I think, yeah, I think it would be really close, but like Sidra said, I think six to seven and it, it really depends on how good Jokic is, if whether or not they're able to stop Jokic or whether or not they're able to stop Harden. It's, it's, it's between the two of them. And then obviously they're, they're role players and stuff as well. Who's able to come, who's able to really come through. Um, and based off experience, I might say Russell Westbrook between him yeah. and Jamal Murray. That's true. That's probably why I would give the edge to Houston. Cause I feel like they also have experience on their side and, and just vet presence and everything too. But yeah, it would be, it would be well, a really interesting series. I'm in a weird spot because I don't want to. I don't want to bet against two MVPs on one team, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I can easily, I can, I can easily see like Denver coming out of that too. But it doesn't make sense for me to bet against James Harden and Russell Westbrook. How about you, Sidra? Yeah, it makes no sense. I feel like we've seen both of them excel at basketball, and to like doubt either of them, knowing that they have that ability to go in like what is. LeBron call it like zero dark 30 mode like when he just like no that's when he like goes off social media never mind when they just <laughs> they just go into a different mode and they know their ability they have like Noor said they have so much experience with the playoffs both of them like you can't count them out and they do have they do have a supporting lineup which re- can really help them so I, I feel like oddly enough I'm I'm gonna go with Houston I think in playoffs you really need confidence and yeah. confidence comes with experience. And just because of that, I would just give it to Houston, yeah. And we both know Harden and Westbrook have confidence. Oh, yeah. But they put the con in they confidence. Have nothing. They, have <laughs> they got confidence. Do you think they, they put the yeah. con in confidence? <laughs> I don't know if that makes she sense. She called the con. I, <laughs> I, I, I went for though. a cool liner, but I don't think it. Just don't think about it too hard. No, I, I, it actually makes sense. I don't know how, but it does. Okay, good. Thanks, Yasmin. You got my back. I mean, some people are like, okay, like Westbrook, yeah, he has like a lot of points, but is he passing? Like, what's his assist like and blah, blah, blah. So uh, maybe some people can call him a con. I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate Not that, that I call him a con because didn't you like yeah, average would... double like two years ago? Was I mean, it two I years ago or three years ago? Something like that. It seems like a long time ago. I want to say like five years ago. What? No, it wasn't. Oh my god, I'm so old. <laughs> and the next one is LA Clippers and Dallas Mavericks, right? The two-seven matchup. Another series that we have to watch. <laughs> like, of course, you want to see Kawhi Leonard play basketball. He is yeah. the top, top two player. He honestly just <laughs> bounces between top two and number one player in the <laughs> NBA. Yeah, so we get to see a matchup between Kawhi Leonard and Luka Doncic, who's having an amazing season, former Rookie of the Year. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, they go at each other. I can see the Clippers coming out of it pretty easily, but I won't be surprised if the Mavericks get like a game or two out of that. The issue last time was that Luka basically saw two elite defensive wings on him with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Literally, probably the worst matchup for him. Uh, They really just kind of 
nipped him in the bud last time um, they played each other. Like he can usually manipulate other guys because he's pretty big for his position. He plays basically point guard for that team, but he's like the same height as Kawhi. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really strange to see how he navigates like offenses and defenses. So um, it'll be a really good matchup to watch. But yeah, I can see the Clippers coming out of that pretty easily. What about you guys? I definitely see the Clippers coming out of this easily. Like we're Raptors fans. We know the ability of both Paul George and of course, Kawhi Leonard, like Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs is a different beast. He's, he's a machine. Like he can't be stopped. And I feel like Luca might be similar. Like this matchup specifically will be very similar to like Memphis versus the Lakers. Whereas Ja probably will have a highlight reel because, and he'll be playing against one of the best players. And I feel like Luca will probably be in the same boat playing against Kawhi and Paul. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he might have some, some highlights, but I, I think it'll, it'll be kind of a walk in the park for the Clippers. Yeah. I feel like the competitiveness of this series kind of hinges on what Kristaps uh, Porzingis comes out of this. Yeah. If it's like his regular um, kind of dormant self where he's kind of just riding the waves and taking jumpers and stuff, yeah. then I feel like nothing's going to come out of this. But if he plays like, you know, the rookie guy that we saw who can be a dominant force, who can really take advantage of, uh, advantage of the fact that the Clippers are really small, then it becomes a more interesting series. Yeah, I think if uh, you're totally right on that. But if you look at like the Clippers team, they're so much more aggressive, like with Marcus mm-hmm. Morris, with Patrick Beverly. They're just so much more aggressive that where if Kristas is playing the way he usually does, like he's going to get like chewed up. I was thinking the same thing, too. I was like, if for, for a young team like like the Mavericks, you look at the Clippers and you get intimidated. Because you're just like, oh shit! There's Kawhi, that there's Paul George, and then there's their bodyguards right behind them, and they're yeah. like mm-hmm. tough bodyguards, right? They're like they're really aggressive guys, and the way that they they play basketball too, it's it's really um, it's it's bulldog like. So I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like it'll be the same thing as Milwaukee and Orlando, maybe like I I would say a sweep. Maybe they have one fluke of a game where they where they get it, but Kawhi has a different level when it comes to playoffs, just like LeBron yeah. does. And once he gets that gear going, I feel like just game over, kind of. Yeah. So we're going to go back to the Eastern Conference and quickly go over um, the semis from that uh, first round. So basically the first one that we're going to see would be, based on our projections, would be Milwaukee and the Miami Heat. On paper, I feel like it's an easy choice for Milwaukee to come out of this. They're a historically dominant team this season. But at the same time, Eric Spolstra is an amazing coach, and I feel like they have the defensive tools and the offensive tools to make it like a, a competitive series. I don't think it's going to be like a five-game mm-hmm. sweep or something, you know, um, run through like they have with the Celtics last year. Um, Bam Adebayo has shown that he can guard Giannis yeah. um, one-on-one. Like he's slightly smaller, but just as strong um, as him. And Jimmy Butler can be contained by Dante DiVincenzo, you know? So basically, yeah, I'm going to say that the Bucks come out of that, but I can see it either way again. Like, that one is kind of it's kind of up in the air. What about you guys? Really? I feel like the Bucks are coming out of that easily for some reason. I feel like they I just know, have like- more experience. They have a more cohesive team. Like, I just feel like they're yeah. going to come out of that. Like, I get that too, yeah. but I feel like Jimmy Butler doesn't quit. 
That's true. Like he, like he literally just doesn't quit. Like it's not in his blood. And that's that. That any any opposing team that's scared when it comes to yeah. But you guys, Giannis is a different beast. Like, and he has so much more room for improvement. Of course, I'm sure he's been working out and like practicing. Plus, he's just the new daddy. He's going to come back with all those extra. Yeah, maybe he has, like, the Fred Van Vliet Sr. Like, <laughs> and him. And just comes yeah. back. And not that he doesn't already dominate, but I, I just, I don't know. Giannis is a different beast. I, I feel like I'm going with Milwaukee, like, easily in this one. I don't know, because, like, coaching is a major factor. We we saw that yeah. versus Bucks, right? And so yeah, 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 exactly. No, he I, is, even I though he just like looks has... like he saw a ghost all the time, but like, <laughs> he's a great coach. I feel like he has the ability to make it competitive. I, I feel like he can make Giannis work. And we saw that when you kind of cut the head of the snake off with Giannis, the team yeah. kind of falls apart. Like they yeah. lose their, their playmaking, their, they lose their playmaking, they lose their defensive kind of roamer with Giannis. Um, and that really kind of breaks their team because they're completely built around him. Yeah. And if you kind of incapacitate him in any way, they, they kind of crumble like he, yeah. like Jenga or something. We saw it with the Raptors last year when they were playing Milwaukee. But in the first two games, wasn't it somebody else besides Kawhi guarding him? It was like Mark and Serge switching, mostly Mark. This Yakum? I feel like it was Mark mostly, right? wasn't it? What was it? Last season? Last, Last season, it was in the first two games against Milwaukee, it was mostly Mark and Serge, mostly Mark, and then Kawhi, yeah, on Giannis, and then Kawhi went yeah. on, and that's when he really shut down. I feel like the first couple games was Siakam, um, oh. and they, the thing is, they didn't really build a wall those last yeah. years. Yeah. They had Siakam on him predominantly, and you can't guard Giannis one-on-one unless you're, like, Absolutely huge. Not. Yeah. So... Then I think they pivoted and they had Kawhi at the center of the wall, and then they had um, Siakam sagging yeah, off like defender, yeah. They put him on Bledsoe, and that completely changes it. When you have a help defender as big as Siakam, it kind of changes mm-hmm. the dynamic. They had yeah. Mark kind of under the basket as the last line of defense, and he would just kind of take the impact of Giannis going like full steam ahead, like rolling right into him, and Giannis would kind of just bounce off of his belly. <laughs> <laughs> And that happened for, like, four games straight. So, yeah, I think it's important to remember. Like, I always try to remind myself that that Raptors team was, like, historic. Like, defensively, we hadn't really seen anything like that the last decade. So maybe I'm giving too much credit to the Bucs or rather the um, the Heat in their ability to mimic that. But defensively, they actually haven't been that great um, this season. And I think they're, like, middle of the pack in their defense because although they have butler and bam the rest of their supporting cast is kind of um they have a lot of weaknesses like kendrick nunn yeah tyler kelly olenic uh, myers leonard like these are minus defender guys so maybe i'm giving too much credit to bam and his ability to kind of stop him <laughs> as a whole system but yeah the, the bucks do come out of that i think I think I would give Miami the edge only if they somehow find a way to neutralize Giannis because I think when you neutralize Giannis, you're now it's your coach's job to find to figure something else out. And I don't think I think we learned last year from Budenholzer. I don't think he has that in him. I don't think he's very quick. Maybe he's quick on his feet, but I don't think he's he's. I think he's very stubborn, kind of like Casey, where he's just when he ha- yeah. when he has his sets, that's what he follows, and he's not going to sway away from that. So that's I think. Cool. If Eric can 
exploit that, that could work in their favor. But that's only if if it comes down to that. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be a Milwaukee win, I think. It, but it wouldn't be an easy one, though. I feel like maybe definitely at least six, five or six games. So let's move on to the other matchup. So the other matchup in the second round for the Eastern Conference would be the, I'm going to say Celtics, because we were kind of going back and forth yeah. uh, that 3-6 matchup. But it, I, I'm going to assume we're going to get a Celtics-Raptors second round matchup. Even if the remaining eight regular season games recedes them, it's still going to be um, that second round matchup. So in a series versus the Raptors and Celtics, I'm pretty firm in my belief that the Raptors can come out of that. I feel like even though Jason Tatum has had like an amazing season and he's shown that he can be like a guy that can lead his team to regular season success, I think that Pascal has more uh, rigorous experience in a playoff setting. And also, I feel like Pascal can stop Tatum, but Tatum hasn't shown that he can stop Pascal. Yeah. Over the last mm-hmm. So, and not only that, but I think Kyle can handedly hand, like, match up with Kemba and just exploit him defensively. Um, and I feel like their lack of a center has been exposed before with Sergi Baca. Like, Sergi Baca takes those jumpers. He can't be stopped by Daniel Tice or anything. I think a player like maybe Jalen Brown might be an X factor for the Celtics because I don't think Fred Van Vliet can deal with his size. But I do think that the Raptors come out of that series, I'm going to say in six or seven, like it's going to be a long competitive series. I'm going to say six or seven too. Um, I also want to highlight like Norm was having an incredible season before he got injured. Yeah. And like even Terrence no- Davis too, you know, like they can both drive, they can both finish. Mm-hmm. They're both, I think above 40% in three point shooting. Yeah. So I think Norm and uh, uh, Terrence Davis are going to be huge factors in this too. And I, I, I think the Raptors come out of it. I think it's probably going to go up to six games at least, but I do think Raptors are coming out of it and not just because we're obviously biased. Yeah. I forgot to mention, <laughs> yeah, they don't have the X factors like Norm. Yeah. They don't have that. Yeah, like I can see Norm coming off the bench and kind of just tearing up their second unit. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like that's, I think the Raptors take that series um, pretty convincingly. Like it's going to be competitive, but the Raptors come on top. Like I feel like Nick Nurse is also a superior coach. Like I do Absolutely. like Brad Stevens, but I think Nick Nurse, his inventiveness is not really just like a, a story people created. Like it's literally something that he's proven. He's shown that he can be super creative in the midst of a series. Yeah. Brad Stevens has done that to a lesser extent, but I feel like Nick Nurse is just kind of another realm of trying things out, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think um, probably six or seven games, like you guys said, maybe seven, because I feel like I'm a little bit more scared of Boston than anybody else. I just feel like they have that agility and that, and that intellect that, and they also don't give up. Like they have Tatum, they have Dylan Brown, and plus they have Marcus, um, Marcus Smart. And I think he brings a different style to their game, which I wouldn't say it's it's like it's not like Kyle where he's the where he's the engine, but I feel like he he clears he cleans up all their plays. He's always hustling. He's always making that extra pass, that extra um, that extra leap that he needs to do, not just for himself but for but for his teammates. Like he literally plays for his team, and he could be their X factor. I think it depends on how he how well he plays as well. But at the end of the day, I don't think they face a defense like the Raptors. So I feel like it would it would still be a Raptors win. But I think it, it might be a little bit longer than six. I think it might go to seven. Yeah. 
I think we get a really good Pascal series out of that. Like, if, yeah, if is, we get a really dominant series from him because when you give Pascal like a height advantage, like there's nothing you can do. Even if you're stronger than him, if he's taller than you, I think he's shown it with Draymond Green. Like he can take advantage of that. He'll, he'll shoot right over you, you know? He will spin circles around you all day. Yeah, exactly. he does not care. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I feel like we'll get really like pretty basketball in that series. But that <laughs> would be a really fun series. Like we've been waiting for a Boston and Toronto series. And if it stays like this, then I'm, then I'm excited. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's for the second round in the Eastern Conference. Let's go over the Western Conference real quick. Um, so in the second round, we'll be Lakers and OKC. I think Lakers come out of that pretty easily. <laughs> There's not uh-huh. much to say for that. But I will say it'll be really cool seeing um, CP3 and LeBron and, go at yeah. it. Yeah. That's the same thing. Older, the banana boat crew. <laughs> exactly. Um, just two older, really, really smart creators and playmakers playing. I feel like OKC with CP3 is smart enough to maybe take like a game out of that. But I think. Yeah. Just being carried by um, Chris Paul's brain for one game. Exactly, but I, exactly. Yeah, but it I would think, be a really, really fun series, like you said, just seeing both their brains at play. Yeah, but I think that um, LeBron and the Lakers take that as well. Like, they have no one to really go at AD. I feel like AD will be, like, the defining factor, even though I, I don't think much of the Lakers supporting pass. I think that their supporting pass really falls off compared to the other top teams. But AD, like, I can see him having, like, a historic season, a historic series. Yeah, he could work that to his advantage. Yeah. How about you, Sidra? You don't think Alex Caruso is the most amazing thing, like, everybody else thinks, like, in L.A.? (laughs) They think he's, like, God's gift to the earth. I'm like, what is he going to do against, what is he going to do in the playoffs? Like, what the heck is he going to do against OKC? I, I kind of see his value. Like, I feel like people have memed him because he doesn't look like a regular basketball player. He looks like an accountant or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and he looks much older than he actually is. Like, he's How only is he? 20, 26 or something. Oh, Shut yeah. Up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where? Yep, he looks older. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of, like, Dante DiVincenzo or something. Like, just a kind of a spark plug. Lots of energy. He has, like, sneaky hops. But, like... He could be maybe a game changer in a really cle- like really close series, but uh, people overstate his significance. Yeah, it's the LA effect. Exactly, like it just boosts you to. Like, can you imagine Alex? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kyle Kuzma on any other team? I know, I know. Like, He's he has a brand deal. He has like a Puma deal on the Lakers. It's so nuts. It's crazy to me. That's why they all want to go there to secure one bag and secure all the other bags too. <laughs> so um, the next um, matchup would be the Houston Rockets and the LA Clippers. Also, like, has the potential to be a classic. That I think it'll be a, really be a classic, but I think the Clippers are coming out of it probably in at least five or six games. I don't know if I want to say seven, but I, I think the Clippers are coming out of it for sure. Yeah, uh, they got rid of their big men for the Rockets, so like. Yeah, I I feel like what's his name, Montrez Harrell. Harrell. I feel yeah. like I feel like he would just kind of lob them to death. Like mm-hmm. they have no tall person to, um, you know, get in between those lobs that he dominates so much. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Clippers kind of take care of that maybe in six games. It, it's going to be a tough one though because Kawhi has struggled against James Harden. Like James Harden is that That's dominant. True. Yeah, as a perimeter scorer, that even Kawhi Leonard has that issues. So fast. Yeah, like he, 
he kind of like hypnotizes you with his feet and his dribbling. Yeah. He, he almost has that, that Kyrie thing, eh? Where he like goes in and heads back and then goes in. You don't really know which yeah. way he's going to go. People make fun of him for his constant dribbling, but it like lulls you. Exactly. <laughs> split skin where you don't see what he's doing. Then, then he just needs a moment to step back and shoot. To and, just you know. push by you. If it's exactly. a series where um, percentages are in favor of James Harden, like you never know. But I will say the Clippers. Yeah, I would say the Clippers too. I think we're also saying the Clippers because I like we all want to selfishly see the Lakers and the Clippers play against each other. Well, that's why I'm saying it. I just want to see that matchup, like Battle of LA. Like I think that's going to be bringing like a tons of, tons of ratings. So I'm sure the NBA is happy about that. But it's just going to be incredible to watch Kawhi go at it with LeBron. Oh yeah, I really that's hope a- they, they keep it like this too because their original where they were gonna have the Lakers and Clippers attack like, almost as if they were both Eastern and Western Conference and have them in the finals. That was yeah. like okay, that's a little much. I know what you're trying to do here. That was very- keep it this way. Just shit on yeah. the Eastern Conference. Why don't you? <laughs> Seriously, like we do we exist? Do you care yeah. about us? But yeah, like that wouldn't have been fair at all. Um, beyond the seeing that LA LA matchup, like. It's hard to bet against Kawhi Leonard in a playoff setting. And he's, like, equipped with a, a supporting cast that's, like, not terrible. <laughs> yeah, so yeah that's exactly. All he needs. <laughs> that's all he needs. Like, just give him some warm bodies and <laughs> Kawhi. And mind you, he's get out of his way. Back after, like, five months of load management. So he's going to be healthy, as, as oh, healthy yeah. as he's ever been in a very long time. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been, such he's a, been like, hurt break. for, like, two, three years since the Spurs, right? So this is the longest time he's had this break and he can just chill and be in one place and not worry about practice and training camp or anything like that and just really yeah. heal. I hope, so, I hope his chronic, like, quad issue has cleared up. Like, if he's had this much rest, yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised completely kind of subsided because from what I understand, like, it kept getting re-injured whenever he played basketball. Whenever so, he yeah. played, exactly. That's why he had to sit out so often because they were just like, you know, it, the, re- the rest is what you need because the more you play, the more aggra- it aggravates it. So if you're mm-hmm. sitting out for five months, I would assume that it's you, you've trained it to be okay. But, yeah. yeah, that and given the fact that, yeah, we know LeBron has a playoff level, but so does Kawhi. And then in my eyes, I honestly think Kawhi is the best player in the world. But that's a different conversation. Is that why you named your cat after him? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) No, I agree. Like, me, he is the best player in the world. And Yeah, no, I think he's amazing. Like, when you see it firsthand and you see, like, his ability to just use the regular season as practice. And people keep looking at regular season stats. I'm like, that's not the point for Kawhi. He doesn't care about stuff. He does not care. He stated it how many times. He He literally sees it like practice. He doesn't care about career points. He doesn't no. care about anything like that. He just cares about collecting those rings. And I feel like he probably has more in his future. The reason why I fell in love with him was I was like, look at look at Russell Westbrook and James Harden entering the arena, you know, just, just pimped out in the, the, the nicest clothes and everything. And then you see Kawhi Leonard walking in the back with his sweatshirt and his sweatpants, his headphones <laughs> in, not looking at anyone, not making any eye well, contact, just head down. I, he- I- it's ball of life. That's all he cares about. Yeah. Do you remember last season um, in the playoffs? We wouldn't even notice how he had like a, a double double by the half. And we we're like, when did this happen? When did you do this quiet? Like everybody was like, wait, what? And then you see him in the third and fourth go off. And you're like, I didn't even I didn't even see him do anything in the first half. Somehow he already has a lot of points. And now he's going off like he's. 
it comes He's a machine. too. Seriously. And it yeah. was it was that that one the series against the Warriors when he was with the Spurs where Zaza took him out. That was when I was like, oh shit. Wow. So he can he can be up. How much was it? How much were they up? Twenty five or thirty points against the Warriors? And it was just Leonard carrying the team on his back. Mm-hmm. And the second he went down, it, it went to crap afterwards. But we saw it firsthand, like with the um Sixers series where yeah. the, the the team was so overwhelmed by the size of the Sixers starters and bench even. But like he carried them on his back for that series because he yeah. needed it. And was able to execute against a yeah I feel like it kind of jump-started Ben Simmons as like a defense player of the year caliber defender defender yeah I I I love his game and I can't wait to see him in a playoff setting again because that's when we know he's going to be playing his best basketball but anyways um going to the Eastern Conference Finals we're almost done guys um this is getting more um tense (laughs) (laughs) this matchup would be the Raptors and the Bucks. We're going to see a remix of last year's um, Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, last year's cinematic, dramatic Eastern Conference Final. It was amazing. Final. It was freaking breathtaking. It was insane. It was like a movie, like a really cheesy basketball movie. The whole playoff run last year was a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were, so last year they were down two games to the Bucks. Everyone thought it was over including myself, honestly. I just thought, you know, I'm happy that they got to this point. They've never, you know... <laughs> I'm ready to say they, my goodbyes to Kawhi at that point. I'm like, all right, he's going to pack up after real, two days. At least they got through the second round with this trade, so it wasn't a complete failure, I guess. But no, they... <laughs> you guys. Four in a row. And not only did they win four in a row, like, all they did, they didn't change players. They didn't change even lineups. Like, all they did was change their scheme on the back of Nick Nurse's giant brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, it's a matchup between them, like, I'm going to say Milwaukee because Milwaukee is just, I, I, it wouldn't be fair for me to completely erase what they've been doing this regular season. But at the same time, even the matchups the Raptors have had this season, which they've lost, they've lost both of them mm-hmm. um, by literally within 10 points, both yeah. games. Last season, they lost three games versus the Bucks. So losing regular season games to the Bucks doesn't really mean much, I feel like. They have a formula that's designed to win regular season games. But I don't know. Like, I feel like they still have the tools. They have the defensive tools to mimic last season. They may not have the offensive tools, but putting OG in place of Kawhi through the defensive wall isn't a drop-off at all, in my opinion. No, I, I don't think so either. That's thing. Especially if you um, still have Siakam helping. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they do everything the same as last season and just put OG in place of Kawhi, I feel like they will be able to hold those games to under under 100 points like they were before. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I feel like we'll, we'll have to see if the supporting cast is able to make up the point differential, like the points left behind by Kawhi. But I feel like we've seen last matchup um, Pascal and Giannis kind of cancel each other out and I think they both had like 15 points or something like that you're giving it to the Bucks? yeah I'm gonna give it to the I think I'm giving it to the Raptors and I might be like completely naive and I know the Bucks are like the best defensive team right now but the Raptors defense is as you were like noting is is a, is a really strong defense like even lo- like look at yeah you mentioned OG Pascal, even Mark now, who knows how he's going to be playing. He's compl- he's a completely different person. He's been working out. Like he can dominate in the post. So I don't know. I just 
season, his defense this season was better than last season, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By every metric, every metric, like his point, like he was missing shots earlier in the season, but his defense was as good as ever. So we'll have to see. But it, it, for, for me to say Raptors would be to ignore everything the Bucks have been doing this season. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bucks because that missing Kawhi piece is too significant for me to ignore. But yeah. I would I would not be shocked if the Raptors were able able to pull off a competitive series and take it. I'm gonna say a hopeful Raptors probably in seven games. And I'm just like putting this out into the universe and that's why I'm saying it. Manifest it. Yeah, I'm manifesting it as Twitter likes to call it. <laughs> I'm putting Manifest. it out in the universe, manifesting an Eastern Conference when I just our, our supporting cast, I think we also have like severe PTSD as Raptors fans, knowing that the supporting cast sometimes doesn't show not sometimes, but last year they showed up, but before that they didn't really show up. Oh. But I feel like our like Fred has gotten so much stronger. Norm's gotten so much better. Pascal is literally unstoppable. Like, I feel like we have people, even Terrence Davis, every single time he he's on the floor, he gets better. And I, I just feel like we got to give them credit. We got to have some hope. Because if you think back last time at this year, we probably would have said maybe Milwaukee would come out of this too. I think as Raptors fans, we're just kind of like, we're just yeah. kind of... We just have that spirit in us. We're like, oh, we're probably not going to make it, but (laughs) we're the champions. We're the defending champions. Uh, How about you, Nora? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like we could take this. We could take this in seven. But I think, like you said, Yasmin, it's it's the hole of Kawhi that needs to be filled because when you have two really good teams like the Bucks and the Raptors, and mm-hmm. they both move as a cohesive unit, which means that they're really good teams, then the outlier has to be the one really good player. And I think yeah. between the two teams, unfortunately, it's Giannis. Oh, by um, far, yeah. So I I would I wouldn't even say I'm giving Milwaukee the edge. I think I'm giving Giannis the edge. I feel mm-hmm. like it would be him in the end who does anything because it it would just come down to us neutralizing him and then again having them rely on yeah. all their their role players like last year. I, yeah, I feel like if any if the Raptors do take it, it's because their supporting cast collapsed again, like exactly. which is totally possible. Yeah. Like it it would not hinge on Giannis, but at the same time, like I don't think it's fair to like to expect Pascal to be able to execute as like that MVP caliber player, you know, but I feel That's like the fair. Raptors supporting cast is strong enough to not to have to rely him. on Pascal to be like a 30 plus point per game sort of guy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And given that too, I feel like we have to really keep in mind that this is actually Pascal's first year in that exactly. superstar role. Yeah. Like this is his first time actually, this is his first playoffs being the main guy. Um, yeah. So for him, everything at the throw at him will be kind of new too, because now their entire defensive plan is around Pascal. So everything he sees is going to be new and he's going to have to maneuver his way out. So whereas the Bucks, like they're just going to be doing the same stuff that they did, they did yeah. last year, but this time just more practice, more more experience, more of a more and a better Giannis probably. But I would like to see Toronto. It's not to say I don't see I don't think Toronto could win. I feel like with Nick Nurse and like you guys said with our our supporting stuff, like the fact that we have Terrence Davis and we have Norman, that they're just the outer guys that we can rely on, that's that's pretty huge against a team like Milwaukee. So they can so... rely on Norm or Terrence Davis to neutralize or just be the it factor for one of the games. But mm. then you could face Kawhi. Exactly. So basically, well, before we even get there, we have to go through the, the final matchup oh, yeah. of the Western Sorry. Conference. Sorry. Which, which we'll get to that. You we were already called it. 
<laughs> she already That's called it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, what we what we see, um, based on based on our second round bracket, is a Lakers, um, Clippers, uh, Western Conference matchup. So, oh, that's a tough one. I'm that gonna say, tough. hmm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Lakers. I'm gonna say Lakers because it's LeBron James, and we know that he is something else. He's hard to kind of quantify. He has the same other playoff gear that Kawhi Leonard has. And not only that, but he has AD, and AD has dominated the Clippers this season. Like, I, I, they're, the best they can do is throw Zubak or um, Harrell at him, and that's not really going to do much. So I can see the Clippers supporting cast just kind of going nuts and giving the Lakers issues. But when it comes down to it, their top two players are just kind of worlds ahead of um, Kawhi and Paul George, you know? So I'm going to say Lakers. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I feel like I would love to see Kawhi. I would love to see Kawhi get another ring. Um, Same. It, it would just be, it would just be so amazing to see just knowing that he is that it factor wherever he goes. But I also like with everything that happened with the Lakers and the passing of Kobe Bryant and the difference that made to the community of LA, I think it would be such a nice here, here I am being emotional, but such a nice like ending to that the 2020 year, um, having the Lakers mm-hmm. win, doing that, and I, I feel a lot of them probably feel like they have to do it for yeah, Kobe. like that, I, that. That narrative is a strong motivating factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they talk about it all the time. They bring up Kobe for every talk show. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you give LeBron kind of like that spark, uh, exactly the potential to get his fourth ring, which is a huge kind of separating factor between him and the rest of the NBA but yeah the potential to kind of get ring for that legacy like it's definitely there that spark so you know I think LeBron has the the Kobe factor and he also has his legacy factor where this is probably one of the best chances he's gonna get for another ring and he's getting mm-hmm. older so I feel like these two huge motivating factors if that's locked in his head you can't really stop LeBron James how about you Nora do you guys want to listen to my answer can I pull you the I video? <laughs> You're going to say the Clippers, and I would love to see the Clippers win, too. I want to pull you guys that video of where, you know, in that in that Miami series against the Spurs, where LeBron's at the free throw line, and then Kawhi's tagging in, and you see LeBron's face <laughs> change entirely. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> he, he's just, I feel like he's the guy who can really annoy LeBron, and I feel like he's the only guy who can really annoy LeBron. Yeah. Um, and between the two of them... Oh, this is going to suck to say. We're probably going to catch so much flack for this. But LeBron, heading into this season, is going to be heading in in one of his later years, right? He's going to be a little bit older. Whereas Kawhi heading into this, he's going to be in in his peak years. Plus, he's going to be really well-rested. So between the two of them, I might give the edge to Kawhi. But I feel like it might come down to between Paul George and AD. Yeah, like yeah. who has a s- stronger supporting? Cast? Yeah, it really LeBron. depends on PG. I hope PG pulls through because yeah. if PG can pull through and he's not gonna be the same old fraud, then I can see Kawhi <laughs> and 
energy really <laughs> coming through. Because <laughs> then they yeah. have the help of their outer squad too, right? They have all their role players and everyone. And those guys can, they're like we said, they're aggressive. They know what they're doing. They were in the same position last year against yeah. without any star player and against the Warriors who took to six games. I think because of that and because I don't think LA has any help around them. Um, and plus it's Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, I would give him the edge over anybody else, really. Uh, against, um, what's the name of the LA's coach? Uh, Frank Vogel. Oh, Frank Vogel, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah completely. Because they've just chosen to change so many coaches. But yeah, I feel like, that's true. I think it would be Kawhi, but I can see either of them doing it. I would be a really, it would be a long series, though. Six to seven games for sure. But I would give the edge to Kawhi. It's, it's Kawhi. Yeah, LeBron has that playoff gear, but I feel like. We saw what Kawhi did last year. I and honestly I, can't disagree with you. Right. <laughs> I'm saying LeBron, but I, like I, everything that you're saying is right. She's so right. Hey, have, you guys, have you guys noticed that the further we get through the brackets, the more difficult the choices are becoming yeah. now? Like, yeah. this is the cream of the crop. This is the cream of the crop. Now we're getting to like, it could honestly just be a, just a case of chance. Anything you know can I mean? happen. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think LA is like the toughest in the NBA right now, though. Yeah. That's going to be like a, that definitely a classic. Series. That's going to be the finals. <laughs> That's why they wanted it to be the finals <laughs> and eliminate the conference. They're like, do we really want the Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks in the finals? Again. Do LA teams. Do we want poverty? Or do we want franchise? <laughs> the viewership discrepancy between a Raptors Bucks conference finals and an LA versus LA conference oh, finals. It's going to be so nuts. embarrassing. <laughs> well, I mean, Americans don't care about anything out of America, oh, so... All, all of Canada will be watching the Raptors play, but they don't even count that in the Nielsen yeah. ratings. <laughs> they yeah. won't even look. It's and just like, so crazy. Our... Like, shouldn't they be counting our fans? Who okay, but it? our fans, like, there's, like, 30 million people in Canada, and there's, like, 30 million people in New York State alone, so... <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't yeah, care. They have, like, 300 million. They only care about, like, American... Yeah, like if they if they rating. I feel like they spoke about the Raptors more often and covered them more often, like there would be a lot of international viewership, but I don't think they care to do that. <laughs> oh. Okay, so now that we've gotten through all of the conference matchups, we have our finals. So I Sidra, did you have the Lakers coming out of that series? I had the Lakers coming out of that series. Okay, so did I. So we're gonna say the Lakers came out of the West, quote unquote. Sorry, Nora. <laughs> Wait for the real time, guys. Both, Wait for the real one. The, you both have the Raptors beating the Bucks. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so we have a, a Raptors-Lakers finals, which is honestly my dream finals. Like, <laughs> why? Why? I'm, like, terrified of it. Because not because I feel like narrative-wise, a lot can come out of this. Like, it's yeah. very Yeah, rewarding. that's really true. If, we, if it goes how I think it'll go, it's very rewarding. I think that the... Raptors match up better with the Lakers than the Clippers. I feel like if they face the Clippers, it'll be just, it's a very tough matchup. Like those wings, like it's tough to deal with. And then you, like with the Lakers, I feel like the Raptors have the supporting cast advantage. Obviously, AD is a hugely difficult matchup for Pascal, but I feel like Kyle, I feel like OG, I feel like Marcus All, like I feel like those guys can take advantage of their opposing matchups in that series. Um, and not only that, but they get to kind of exercise their LeBron demons <laughs> and finally beat yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Or so, we get another LeBron toes <laughs> series, <laughs> and that'll just be that'll just be torturous. That'll be like uh, I'll cry. Honestly, I'll cry again. <laughs> if LeBron gets his fourth ring, he'll probably be established as like 
arguably the best player in basketball period. So I feel like it would be less embarrassing for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, but you know the memes that are going to come out of it. It's just because it's LeBron. Yeah. The memes yeah. that are going to come out of it, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, if it's a Lakers matchup, I just know that they're – I just I just know that they're going to lose. I don't want to say that out loud. I but like, I just – I feel <sighs> like if we lose that, that almost – not that it would to us, but that would almost give them something else to joke about for our championship year. Do you know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, you won your one championship with Kawhi, and next year we're going to face LeBron without Kawhi, and you can. Way to go. But honestly, basketball-wise, I think the Raptors come out of that. Like, it's really? crazy, but I feel like they match up really well with the Lakers. I, th- I think so, too, because I feel like whenever we've played the Lakers in the, in the regular season, we've, we've always played really well against them and for the most yeah, of the part I feel like we've won last year this year OG we were like 113-104 yeah like they 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 beat Kansas last season without Kyle Lowry without um Serge Ibaka without uh, Kawhi that was an amazing game no Kawhi and then last year they always played really well um against the Lakers so I think that matchup the Raptors can handle it but Again, yeah, betting against LeBron. In in what world? I, and I'm a Raptors fan, okay. But in what world have we ever shown that we can handle LeBron James? When have we ever seen that? It's not including regular team. season. Not it's including new, regular season. It's very different. I feel like in the past, Raptors teams have relied on offense to just outgun. That's true. Us. Yeah, you're right. And so they kind of put all that pressure on Demar Derozan, who. He's like a what is it? He's like how tall is he? Six four, six five. I don't know. But when you put that kind of pressure on like a, a shooting guard, yeah, who can you know who doesn't really beat, play defense? Yeah, that doesn't play defense. Like it, your whole system kind of falls apart. Yeah. But I feel like when you have an OG on an OB, when you have Pascal Siakam on help defense, yeah. when you have Kyle Lowry, who's the best point guard in that series, you know, running the ship. You know, yeah. when you have. Yeah, um, Mark being guarded by uh, Dwight Howard, who's not the defender he used to be. No, like, not at all. Becomes, okay, becomes you're convincing me. You're convincing it, me, Jasmine. It becomes interesting. Like, I completely understand if you say Lakers, too. Like, have your opinion, you know? No, but I'm <laughs> you're like, allowed to have it, but it's just wrong, Sidra. It's just wrong. No, it's just, you know what it is? It's PTSD from being watching <laughs> oh. LeBron wreck my team every single year. 100%. Except for last year. We, Sandy and I said it. We were like, if, if LeBronto wins, we deactivate. There's no oh, going yeah. back. You I'm going to take my suspended again. I'll do <laughs> yeah. it. Can we set up a dish and dime deactivation pact? <laughs> yeah, we'll be like, all right, uh, G2G, bye. <laughs> we can't take this anymore. But I think that's also why I'm happy to get either um, Lakers or Clippers, because I feel like if we, if we do get the chance to beat either of them, the narrative works in our favor, whereas... For Kawhi, if we beat them, it's like, okay, the last year's whoever said, you know, you needed Kawhi to win that, that that can just get debunked really quick because now we beat Kawhi's team in the finals without Kawhi. And then and if we beat the Lakers, it's like, okay, normal LeBron to the year after we won the championship. The yeah. last few years of the decade have been the best things for us as Raptor fans, as, as the organization. Yeah. And but if we lose, it's even worse. So, Yeah. It's not even a case of not needing Kawhi, sorry, but like, that narrative that it was just him, you know, just yeah. him, right? Exactly. Yeah, it gets kind of shows you that nobody, no, nobody watched that was saying that. They didn't watch the actual games. They didn't watch what was happening. They just saw. They just heard a cry. Why, like, we oh, that's why they're Fred Van Like, do you not wonder? 
He had do you a not whole... see what Kyle did? Like, how are you oblivious to that? <laughs> exactly. But it's interesting because if we were facing the Clippers, I don't think the Raptors beat them. It's just, the Lakers no. is weirdly enough the most comfortable um, matchup that I have out of the LA teams. And weirdly enough, it's the opposite for the Bucks. If the Bucks come out of the East, I think that they fall to the Lakers, but they can hand it, handedly beat the Clippers. Because just it, it, it shows that matchups is so important when you're talking about yeah. top. Yeah, that's why selfishly I want Kawhi in the finals. It's because if he won, he wins. Like, I don't great for me but i would rather have lakers but because i we can definitely beat them way easier than the than the clippers yeah can you believe that we did a playoff bracket for a raptors podcast and we had the raptors winning the nba final. oh my god what are the odds that we did that <laughs> oh my god Trippy. this was so natural and organic <laughs> we're it's really well researched we're not biased at all this no is bias. completely fun yeah if you disagree, it's because you hate basketball. That's it. And you're wrong, so. And you're wrong. It's you can have your opinion, but it's just wrong. Yeah, you can have your opinion, but it's wrong. Nor. <laughs> <laughs> That's rich. I love that. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening to our reluctant, unethical playoff <laughs> matchup review and projections. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. And bye, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.